from Bright Umbrella, this is Control Clickcast. We inspect the web for you. Today, our friend Eric Lamb joins the show again, but this time to talk about platform agnostic add-on development. I'm your host, Leah Alcantara, and I'm joined by my fab co-host, Emily Lewis. Today's episode is sponsored by Visual Chefs, a versatile web development agency with expertise in content management system and custom web application development. Through partnerships with designers, agencies, and organizations, Visual Chefs propels the web forward. Visit visualchefs.com to learn more. Today, we're talking about building an add-on that isn't just for Expression Engine or Craft or any specific CMS, but for all of them. This idea of platform agnostic add-on dev has been on our minds since we started working with more CMSs. Our guest for this topic is Eric Lamb of Mithra62. Our EE listeners are probably quite familiar with him, not only for his great Expression Engine add-ons, but also for his active involvement in the EE community. For our listeners who don't know Eric, he started doing web development for the fitness industry in 2002, eventually ending up working for a marketing company in LA before going into contract work full-time in 2010. Eric has done work for Warner Brothers, Activision, Nokia, and a bunch of other fancy-schmancy companies. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about yourself? Well, yeah, as as you said, I've been um, doing web development since about 2002, Recently, I've moved to San Diego, live closer to the beach, and do uh, mm. basically all my development down here on the shoreline. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, most of my clients and, and my day-to-day work is done up in Los Angeles, but I'm fortunate enough to have clients that allow me to do my work out of my home down here, so um, it allows me quite a bit of flexibility. And then, as you'd mentioned, we're also doing um, platform agnostic development with a backup pro. Right. So let's do a little bit of more background. We've known you for a long time because of the add-ons you've done for Expression Engine, but how long have you been doing add-ons? When did you get into it? Well, I guess that kind of depends on how we define add-ons. For Expression Engine, oh boy, I'd say maybe five years since about 2011. But really, I started doing um, WordPress plugins was really how I dipped my toe into that world. Mm. And with, with that, it, I think it was about 2007 when I released my, my first WordPress plugin and kind of stayed in that ecosystem for quite a few years and then eventually ended up morphing away. But um, probably about 2007. And why did you get into that? It sounds like you've been doing client work all along. So why go in that direction for add-ons or plugins? Well, generally, that's what most programmers do when they work with a CMS is um, I just write plugins or add-ons. And in fact, even with my my current day job with my clients, um, that's 99% of what I do is centered around writing an add-on. Now, it's a custom add-on specific to that client and Mm -hmm. solves their specific need, but it's still a standalone compartmentalized piece of code, hence an add-on or a plugin, if you will. That makes sense. Why did you start releasing them to the public, though? It seemed like the right thing to do, to solve a problem using this open source technology, something that I've benefited greatly from, Mm. and put it back out there into the community so that others could kind of get the same benefits. It's one of those giving back things that, that we programmers tend to do from time to time. For sure. So when you were considering, you know, what to release, you know, which ones did you release? Well, initially with um, WordPress, and we're going back quite a few years, um, my very first plugin, in fact, probably still to this day, my most successful one 
was a plugin called WP Click Track. Oh. And all that did was every single link in a WordPress site, it would add in tracking code. So essentially, you would have your own little mini bit.ly for WordPress. Oh. Except, yeah, it worked primarily on just your links. So you could obviously create out your own. But if you wrote a blog, and this this is why I, I wrote it, was I wanted to know what links people are actually clicking on. And so I wrote up a little plugin just for my own personal edification that parsed out the HTML, added in just well essentially replace out the links with something that I could track and then it worked great for me for a little while and I thought well why not mm-hmm. WordPress has this great ecosystem go ahead and just publish it and let people start using it and get feedback and that that was really kind of the beginning of it but WP click track it was only released on a whim of just why not might as well it was useful I thought and Maybe other people get some enjoyment or some use out of it as well. So what was your process of moving from something that sounds like a relatively simple plugin for WordPress to something much more robust like Backup Pro for EE? Well, that was more of an iterative thing. Once I got into the WordPress development, we don't really talk about this much, but there's kind of a dark side to open source where... (laughs) (laughs) Love it. <laughs> we talk about it with our clients. I mean, that's something we talk about a lot with our clients when mm-hmm. we're trying to help them <laughs> choose solutions. So why don't you tell our listeners what this dark side is? <laughs> well, some users develop a sense of entitlement. And with WordPress specifically, it was it was a free plugin. It was something that just by their very rules, if you want to release a plugin for WordPress, you have to make it free. And in fact, it's even more insidious than that. You have to make it free and you have to adopt their licensing, which is GPL. And that's a whole other argument and discussion. But in order to do that, you, you have to make it available for free. So Everybody's able to just one-click install, use it, and, and set it up and go about their day. But whenever there's issues, they come to you. Mm-hmm, right. And with a free plugin, it's really tough to, to reconcile the amount of effort and work that goes into maintaining it for free. With WordPress, that quickly became apparent. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I started kind of moving away from it. Was I was getting a little sick of open source as an ecosystem. It just it didn't suit my mindset so well. And when I discovered Expression Engine through client work, clients had hired me to solve a problem and they used Expression Engine. So, okay, well, let me start using Expression Engine then. And I saw what a treat it was to develop with and how much fun it was to, to do things and how easy, which was, I mean, obviously that that's very big. It was easy to do things. Right. And the big reason why I released Backup Pro was Devotee. Devotee, right away, here was this community that wasn't based on free, that wasn't based on entitlement, or at least if there was an entitlement, well, somebody gave me some money for it. That, that That's right. not exactly entitlement, you know? It's like, so for me, it, it just made a lot more sense of, okay, well, let me see if I can turn that into an actual business. Because, I mean, obviously, the last thing we want to do is go get jobs or work for a living. And I thought, well, if, if I can... <laughs> release this software and people will buy it, then maybe that's how I can kind of make my living. You know, here we are five years later, and it's, it's working out pretty well. Yeah, it, it was a devotee. I, I would have to put full credit on devotee for making this a reality. If it wasn't for how simple they made it and how quickly the community mm-hmm. rallied behind certain products and it, just being a part of it, Expression Engine and devotee, that, that was an ecosystem that I'm I'm really happy I went down. And so what was your thinking process for taking that 
bit of success that you had with Backup Pro for EE and thinking to apply it to other content management systems? Oh, wow. It it was requested. I, I should probably start there. I had customers who used it in Expression Engine and they would use craft and they wanted a good backup solution for craft and and there just there didn't really seem to be one that fit all of their needs and in, in the ways that backup pro does um craft obviously has its own backup system built in but it's it's tomatoes and apples and oranges and all all that good stuff right <laughs> so a lot of people had requested it though and initially i was i was really reluctant because um, generally, it's it's just a bad idea. Why? Well, it, it depends on how you, on how you go about doing it. And, and thankfully, I was able to come upon a solution where it made it all possible. But before I figured it out, it it was just a big job. It was okay. I'm going to have essentially two products now, mm-hmm. two big big products. And backup software is it's a very complicated problem to solve. And to think of myself as having two individual code bases, unique specifically for its own CMS that does the essentially the same thing was just a bad feeling. You know, it's one of those like projects you start thinking about, you're like, there's no way that this is going to end in joy for me. You know, like this is going to be my life is just maintaining these products. But people kept asking for it. And mm-hmm. it just became one of those things where like the more people were asking for it, the more I was thinking about it. And I, I'd, I'd even made some promises about it too, which I, I certainly shouldn't have done at the time. <laughs> but, you know, some people would ask for it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm totally not working on it. <laughs> I, I ended up working on a project that I don't know, I don't know how, how you guys work, but generally a lot of projects bleed into the other I found in my mm-hmm. career is what I do today is going to help me out tomorrow. I'm going to learn something. Mm-hmm. And oh, yes. So I, I ended up having one of those projects where it, it was crucifying in its own way and for, for reasons that, that aren't really important. But one of the big things I, I learned from it was how to abstract out the code and the logic in such a way that I can do what I'm doing now. It was like I kind of while trying to solve this other problem, I came upon this solution that didn't fit that project. But it was one of those like, okay, let me just put a bookmark in this and come back to it later. Mm-hmm. And then when that project ended, I started kind of tinkering with the code and realized I could actually do this. I, I could actually have one code base that services all the CMSs or as many CMSs as I can. And, and I've done it on five so far, and I've yet to run into a problem, or at least an unsolvable problem. There's been problems all along the way, but um, nothing that certainly kept me from being able to do it. Can you talk about that in a little more detail, how you defined what the base was and if there's like a need to have, I'm not sure the right language to use, but like a fork that's special for one content management system and it's different than another fork for another? Uh, yeah. I'll, interestingly, that was, that was what I was trying to avoid, actually. I, I wanted to have, and th- this is what I have now, was I wanted to have a single code base that everything else ran on. So essentially, how can I put this? With Expression Engine, Backup Pro was a backup tool written into Expression Engine. So basically, just like every other add-on or module, it's a thing that was built into it. And what I realized was that that's the absolute wrong approach. What I need to do is make a backup tool that I can then build into the CMSs, if that makes sense. So essentially, what I ended up building was a headless backup tool. Hmm. It doesn't have any views, any scripts, nothing to click on, but the actual body of it, the logic of it, 
is all behind the scenes and it's all compartmentalized and it's one code base. Hmm. In fact, a good analog for this would be um, video games. Oh. I'm sure you guys are familiar with um, there's an Xbox and a PS3 and a PlayStation mm-hmm, 4 right. and a PC. Yes. Well, w- whenever right. they write a game for all of those platforms, they're, they're not writing for individual games. They're writing the game once, yes. and then they abstract out the pieces that they need. And that's essentially what Backup Pro does now, where I looked at what pieces I needed from the CMS. So just as an example, like every CMS, no matter what CMS I'm building into, I'm always going to need to know the database credentials. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to need to know the site name, the site URL, how cron is activated. And all of those, once I realized that, I abstracted that. So instead of saying, building out something where it was explicitly, this is how I get just expression engines, database credentials, I abstracted all of that where I don't care where I'm getting it from. I just get it from one place based off of what's installed. Right. That makes sense. So, it um, does. Yep. Yeah. Uh, v- video games are the best analog. It sounds clear and simple. Was the process getting there clear and simple? Or did you try different ways before reaching this approach? Um, it wasn't simple. Certainly not. Especially because it was headless. So for the longest time, it was doing things that I couldn't, I couldn't essentially execute code. Right. You know, it's like I'm writing it and I'm, it's all logical and, and I could execute bite-sized pieces, but the product as a whole, I couldn't really get anywhere until I started getting about two or three out of the way. Mm-hmm. Once I got that done, essentially once I got the WordPress version done, because I did a craft first, ironically enough, I did craft first. And then Expression Engine 2 about a week after that, and then WordPress about a month after that. But once I got WordPress done, that really kind of solidified the paradigm and the model. And now it's just, it's accelerated extremely fast. Mm -hmm. Where I think I did Concrete 5 in two weeks. And this is neither here nor there, but I did uh, Expression Engine 3 in a day and a half. Wow, wow. So it's extremely fast now. I feel like that is kind of development in a nutshell sometimes, like the lead up and the thinking and the planning is, you know, really heavy at the beginning. But once you've set up the process and the standards you want to develop with, then the rest just kind of falls into place. Oh, certainly. Absolutely. So I'm just a little bit curious now then, because you're mentioning how you, you know, kind of tackled this with the first three CMSs you wanted to play around with, and then that kind of set the standard. So what was the process like to develop for EE compared to Craft, compared to WordPress, and then branching out to these other CMSs? Like, did you really have to switch your brain? What was similar? What was vastly different? Oh, Wow. That's a great question because coming from EE and then working on craft immediately thereafter, both of them have very clearly defined paradigms. Right. And MVC, model view controller, very standard, and both adhere to it in a very traditional way. WordPress has none of that. It doesn't even know what <laughs> MVC means. It's it, it's just it's bad. So <laughs> I just love this. I love it. It's one of the things too. Like they totally know. Like the the WordPress guy. So I, I don't think I'm talking out of school or anything. It's just, it doesn't have any of that paradigm. And when I, I hit that, that was like, like it, it's a good analogy for this. It was quite possibly the worst thing I could have done. I mean, in terms of, mm. if you're triaging problems, 
WordPress is the one where it's just like you're going to run into the worst problems and the most pain. And I certainly did. But by going through that one first, it's it's like when you're a kid and you're having dinner, it's like, yeah, it's lima beans. But if you eat those first, well, then everything else comes a lot easier. But if you put that off, then you're just mm-hmm. sitting there looking at your lima beans like, oh, man, lima beans. WordPress is lima beans. WordPress is lima <laughs> beans. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or canned green beans, whichever ones are squishy and gross. <laughs> I love your analogies, Eric. This is the best. <laughs> Because I had to go after WordPress, WordPress was so abstract and followed absolutely no best practices or paradigms. It really kind of forced me to laser in and and really make the core of what Backup Pro is, and at least insofar as what it needs from the host CMSs, as simple as possible. Mm -hmm, Right. And thankfully, because I've done that, it's made certain things, especially going to Concrete 5 and PrestaShop, those have been... Very different in terms of, well, compared to Expression Engine and Craft as well, but nowhere near as bad as WordPress. So it's funny. It's like every time I do one, I'm still like, well, it's not like WordPress, though. So it's like my my one go-to. So Backup Pro is currently available for EE, Craft, WordPress, Concrete 5, and Prestashop. Listener Pat Polar asks, what criteria goes into selecting a platform for you to target? I know you said in the beginning people were just asking for it, but since then, do you consider the marketplace, the percent of market share, whether it's easy to integrate into? As it stands right now, my main criteria is if there was a marketplace. But mm. to be 100% honest, I'm currently rethinking that approach because hmm. it's well, each one of the marketplaces have their own criteria, and Devotee kind of spoiled me. It really did, where um, within, <laughs> like, two days, I submitted it, and Devotee was like, cool, you're up, people can buy it, here's some money. I'm still pending on Concrete 5 after, I'm going on nine weeks now. Wow. And Press the Shop took about eight weeks. And all of this is good, because, like, they're going through, I certainly don't want to sound like, you know, they're not good for doing it. What they do, I've come to find out, is they go through your code. And they're going through it line by line, making sure everything's good and you're not doing any hacky stuff and essentially protecting their users, which is an admirable goal. But damn, does that process just get in the way of trying to release products? Right, right. Very like Apple-like. Yeah, very much, very much so. So it it started with with marketplaces. So I I started with um, Press the Shop, even though, and the big irony there is my only experience with Press the Shop before I wrote Backup Pro for it was evaluating it for a site I ended up choosing to use Cartrob on. And I wrote kind of a snarky blog post about (laughs) Press the Shop. So like when when I was submitting it, yeah, they, they ended up, they called me out on that. Like, oh, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I kind of thought that too. I was like, right on. It kind of made me like them more. <laughs> but yeah, with it taking so much time, I'm not so sure that's the best way to go about doing it anymore. But right now, I'm so, like, I'm still kind of bogged down trying to get Concrete 5 in. And then I have other plans. Like, all of this has been leading up to a grand master plan, which I'm almost about to have finished. But um, I'm not really planning on doing another platform for at least a few more months. And even then, I'm not sure which one I'm going to go with. I've tried a few and I've looked into a few, but um, it's problematic for a variety of reasons. So you mentioned a master plan. Are you able to share what that might be? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, no, there's nothing secret about it. Well, because Backup Pro is an installed software, 
I've kind of created a problem for my users or customers, I guess, not users, but managing their backups, especially for agencies, is now a process of going to every single site and making sure that it's working and that it's there. Mm. So what I've done is I've built out a centralized, well, it'll be backuppro.com. When you go to backuppro.com, you can, you'll be able to buy it. And all of this is still in the works. But I've built a core software, which is basically a server management system where from one place you can manage all of your backup pro installations Ooh, and ah. we don't actually store any data. So it's incredibly secure because we store nothing except for an API key. That's it. And then it just talks to your site in real time and lets you know right away if you know anything's wrong and, and what to do about it. And it's basically like instead of going to each site, you just go to backuppro.com and then just choose which site you want to manage. That sounds pretty awesome, especially because, you know, we like Backup Pro and use it ourselves as well as for some of our client projects. That would be just another way to be a little more efficient with what we're doing. Well, yeah, it's funny that you start doing these things because, uh, well, it just seemed like a thing to do. Let me just put it up on Devotee and see what happens. Then all of a sudden you start thinking about like, you know, solving universal problems and, you know, <laughs> taking backup right. sucks. Well, how can I make that better? And this was kind of where I thought I should put my flag was we're having insult software, I feel, is, in, is the, the secure way to go about doing it. I've never really understood the um, pay-as-you-go backup systems. Like what happens if you don't continue paying? You, you lose your backups. That's, that's just bizarre to me. So having insult software is absolutely the way to do it, but... The downside is I've kind of created this problem for my customers of, well, they have to hit up like 30 sites. Mm-hmm. That's, right. That's a bummer. Like, even I know that's a bummer. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I plan on making it free. It's not anything that, that's going to cost any customers or anything. You just have to be a customer and then you can mm-hmm. use it. But, um, yeah, so essentially once I start releasing other versions like the Drupal one or the Magento, if I ever get around to doing Magento, they'll all be able to be hooked into there. That's awesome. Well, the other thing that I want to know in terms of like, you know, your criteria and and things like that, you mentioned you're still thinking about them. Do you have like a checklist of like, okay, if it has this, then that puts it in the pros pile. And if it has this, then that's the cons pile. You know, like how, like what, what's kind of like your, your thought process over? Because you said originally it was like, okay, availability of marketplace. So... If that's not going to be the criteria, what's the next thing that you think is most important? User base. Right. Because mm-hmm. really, I, I, I think the, the, the big catalyst for, for this too was the realization that EE has a cap. I would be the happiest guy in the world if all I had to do was just write it for Expression Engine. Just one version right, sure. and one, one set of customers. That would, oh man, that would be great. But that's just not how the world works. So if... I'm going to start doing this as a means of revenue. Well, if it's not going to be based off of marketplace, then it's going to have to be based off of user base and some sort of a corollary on paying for add-ons. Mm-hmm. So right. something like OpenCart, I would imagine probably not, just because um, that's open source all the way and probably doesn't have the user base. But um, Magento, definitely. Drupal, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. But um, e- even Drupal and Joomla have the, their issues because... Those are not purely MySQL solutions. There's different database engines that you can have. And I kind of feel like Backup Pro needs to support entirely if, if it's going to be released as a product for it for another CMS. But um, I've actually been talking to people and they've told me that's probably not the case. So I'm confused. <laughs> well, I think that leads into another question that we got from Pat Polar. 
he was asking, how do you market to the users of each platform? Do you have methods that work better than others on some platforms? Again, th- this kind of goes back to the marketplace thing, but with it being in the marketplace, I was really hoping that that would give me a leg up because that's a huge problem. And in fact, right now, I definitely have marketing issues, mm. at least insofar as I have these great products that solve wonderful problems, but nobody really knows about it. Yeah, like with Expression Engine, certainly I'm able to make progress there. And a lot of that is transferred over to Craft. And in fact, I can say this with confidence, that I sell more versions of the Craft Backup Pro than I do in any other. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and and I don't advertise with Craft either. So I, I imagine it's a lot of Expression Engine people who are just like, cool, it's for Craft, right on. You know, they already know your reputation. They have an expectation for what they'll get with the add-on because they worked with it with another CMS. I believe so. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't gone into my sales reports and actually looked and see if there's a corollary between EE versus Craft. But um, just going off of the fact of uh, you know, I've never advertised, and there is a lot of carryover with the Craft and EE communities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, never verified it. But yeah, with marketplaces, that was really my, my, my big thing was like, I'm going to be in the marketplaces, so I'm going to be in front of the customers. And when they're looking for the solution, well, I'll be there. So people will be able to see it. But in terms of advertising and marketing, I haven't even begun that fight yet. And it's certainly going to be a big fight. I just, I don't know how best to go about it just yet. But uh, I'm still in the development phase too. So it's, it'll be a good while until that's actually a problem that I can tackle. So do you have any plans to take any of your other add-ons in this direction to start building them out for other CMSs? You know, probably not. One of the the nice things about Backup Pro is it's a universal tool. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially with what a backup of a website is, like there's no second guessing. I I take a, a zip file of files and then I take a copy of your database. Like that, no matter what platform you use, that's going to be whatever your backup is. But with some of my other products, like Export It was one that I would love to port that over. I, that has just been a very, very good product and expression engine for me. But the thought of, I, I'm not going to be able to do what I'm doing with Backup Pro with that, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like the, the data models between Expression Engine and Craft and WordPress, and I mean, they're all so universally, dramatically different. Mm-hmm. You know, it would just be a very, very tough job. Not even like, even if there was like money in it, it's just, it's a big job. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, I can kind of rest on my laurels a little bit with Backup Pro, but again, because of the backup is the same thing across all of them. Right, right. Right. So yeah, probably not, probably not. And in fact, what was the other one? Like, uh, I might not even be able to port a lot of my existing products to Expression Engine 3. I've I've come to, to find out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just the technology that, and, and the hooks and, and the methods that I use to be able to do a lot of that functionality is not in Expression Engine 3. Mm. So just not not possible to do what I'm doing. So let's talk a little bit about, I guess, maybe the business side of things in the sense of if you're developing something for Expression Engine and Craft and WordPress, et cetera, do you have to have any sort of permission to build something that works for a competing CMS with, you know, the host CMS, any special licenses or legal contract issues that have come up because you are developing for other platforms? Not legal stuff. I've certainly ran into some cultural issues. Oh, Hmm. yeah. it's, It's, well, people have their favorites and 
I don't want to mention which CMS because it's it's petty and it. I mean, it just doesn't really matter. But like, I've I've gotten flack from people for um, and I this is actually kind of funny. It cracked me up when I read it, but um, for developing for lesser CMSs. Oh, right. I was like, right, right on. Okay. Right. So, um, oh, people small, are such snobs. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's, okay. You know, that, that's what you're putting your flag in. I get it. We all have our thing. But yeah, that's that, funny. small things like that kind of crack me up. Legally, no, no. I mean, there's really no permission. It is open to each person whether they want to allow me to sell for them or at least through them, I, I should say, in their marketplace. And with both times that I've done it, with PrestaShop, I was absolutely worried about it because it was my first time. With Concrete 5, I'm still on the hook, so I'm not really sure, but there is a very real possibility that they could deny me. Well, within the, their right to do so. It's their playground. I'm just happy to be invited, you know? But they could absolutely just, no, sorry, we're not going to let you sell it. We don't like what you're doing. We don't like how you're doing it. In fact, while working with, with PrestaShop, this is a good example they had actually seen how I was doing certain things. And no uncertain terms, they told me that I needed to not do that and I needed to do something else hmm. or else I couldn't be in their marketplace. So I did. You know, I was like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and do this other thing then and make sure that you guys are cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I try and be as, as minimal as I can, but sometimes th- th- there are some things that you're just like, well, you know, one thing with, with Concrete 5, th- this is a good example. Uh, Concrete 5 has what's called a linter. Linters are great, but essentially all it is is it looks at your code and says, your code is doing these things, and we don't like these things, or we do Mm -hmm. like these things, but it looks over your code. And one of the things that they don't like is using your own database connection stuff. Well, that's Backup Pro all over, Mm because I mean it has to connect to your database. So if they were to come back to me and be like, well, you can't do this, that one would be kind of, okay, well, then I guess I just won't be selling with you guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm, But um, I'll still sell it on my own site. As far as I'm right. concerned, that's not a deal breaker. It's just, um, it, it, it would be ideal. It would be nice to get that, you know, stamp of, of quality. I'm glad you mentioned that because honestly, until you said that, I wasn't really thinking. I kind of thought, well, if they said no, that's just it for you. And wow, how much that must suck that you put in all that effort. <laughs> but you you can still sell on your own. Oh, certainly. Certainly. It's okay. a, a capitalist society we live in. So um, <laughs> realistically, especially with some of the licensing, like I, I don't want to speak to the, the commercial things like Expression Engine or Craft, because those I think are their own specific license and maybe you'd have to have a lawyer look at it. But any of the open source ones, those are all very, very standard. There's nothing keeping me from writing or well, keeping anybody from writing anything, any piece of software for any other piece of software. When you're you know, submitting something to um, a marketplace, do you mention the success that your add-on has had for other platforms? I mean, is that a quote-unquote a selling tool? No, actually not so much as a selling point. I've certainly referenced it, but more as a, a virtue. That you have an established reputation? Exactly. It's not a fly-by-night thing that I'm not just some random... Here's a thing I put together and let me try and, you mm-hmm. know, just to kind of breed some confidence as well. But no, I, I've never really tried to do any weight stuff like that or, or even really even mention sales or, or anything like that. I, I really do have this, <laughs> it, it's almost like a, an ideal vision of how this works, which is clear fantasy at this point. <laughs> but, you know, you, you want it to be chosen based off of its own merits and instead of mm-hmm. let me just try and throw some weight around and drop names and stuff or, you know, yeah, that doesn't sit well with me. So I certainly do let them know of like it's available for all of these and you can check it out. And by the way, here's a download so you can go ahead and look at it right now for whatever. 
Yeah, mostly it's just to let them know that it's it's a solid piece of technology and it's certainly not something that they need to be afraid of. So we've been talking about the development of these various platforms uh, for this add-on, but the biggest, I feel like, elephant in the room whenever I talk to any add-on developer is about the support requests. How are you dealing with different support requests from different CMS communities? Are the patterns similar? Are their issues similar? What's the biggest difference? <laughs> That's a good question too. Yeah, they're different. They're dramatically different. I had to explain to a customer what FTP was, which was... Um, was this a WordPress customer? <laughs> no, it was it was a Presta Shop customer. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. But yeah, did not expect that to ever come up in, in a support conversation, but... <laughs> Yeah, there. In fact, it really started because uh, Presta Shop has the one-click install, and so the, this specific customer, a very very sweet sweet lady, had a um, a quilting store and just put up her own little site and was trying to do her own thing and found out about backups and needed it and bought it. But um, when it it installed it for her, it did the one-click install thing. But then she didn't quite know how to make permissions proper for the, the storage of them. And so I did to explain right. her about 777 and that blew her mind. And then she started telling <laughs> me about, she didn't even know how to connect because I kept saying, uh, just connect to it and right click. Usually it's a right click thing. And oh, okay. And then, yeah, I was just like, wait, do you know what FTP is? <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning then. Wow. So you're going to have a user from that level, you know, that more simple level of technical understanding to someone who's a straight up a developer who knows exactly how to do the most basic stuff and probably builds their own add-ons. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I am running the gamut. In fact, the majority of customers don't ask me for anything. They buy it, they install it. I assume it works. I hope it works. And it'd be devastating if they're like, no, it never worked, but I didn't want to let you know. You know, with, with uh, some of them, it's they're beginners. They, they, mm-hmm, they just are. Right. And I don't know, it, it's... It used to kind of annoy annoy me, especially during the the WordPress days. But with a lot of this, it's it's like I'm I'm just happy that they know backups are important. You know, mm-hmm, like right. right away they're they're learning, they're trying to improve, and that's that's a tough thing to kind of get down on. Is kind of the attitude I'm trying to keep with my support. I mean, that's probably you know the best way to stay sane. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's. It's a part of the job. And one of the best lessons I've learned about support, actually, it wasn't even from add-on developers, was every time you get a customer issue, write a unit test for that issue. Every time. And I've taken that to heart. And that has been huge for me in terms of stability and making sure that issues don't reappear. And mm-hmm. you know, So sometimes a, a customer will have issues with just figuring out the, the exact paradigm of it, and t- like the, uh, the permission lady. But And sometimes it'll be a bug, but by having individual unit tests for all of my bugs and all of those issues that are confusing or whatever, really kind of cutting down on the repeats, which is mm-hmm. definitely big. So that's kind of my strategy, actually, is I'm not so concerned with support in the dramatic sense. I'm more concerned with it as on an individual case-by-case. Case. But so long as mm-hmm. the software is solid then I don't really have much to worry about. It's just individually helping out people. And that's, I can, I can get behind helping out people. But how do you scale that? You're one guy. Well, yeah, right now that, that's a problem that doesn't exist. I mean, if it does, it, it's one of those good problems. I honestly don't know how I will scale it if and when it does happen. 
But the, the nice thing, the really, really nice thing is that when my support goes up, it is 100% going to include an increase in sales. Mm -hmm, so it, right. it's not like my support will ever go up and my sales won't happen, you know, especially I, I have a support policy and I, I try to, to limit certain things. But um, for the most part, if somebody's asking for help, well, they've given me money, so I've been paid. So, I mean, if it ever gets to a point where it's like it's too much for me to do, well, chances are really, really good I'll be able to hire help. I think that leads nicely into another listener question. Jay Barkley asks, how do you balance the wider platform support with profit margins? And you were sort of just talking about if you have an increase in support, you have an increase in sales. So you haven't been in a situation where you're giving more support than seeing that increase in profit? Oh, no, I've certainly been on that side. Absolutely. Uh. <laughs> I don't tend to, to dwell on it, though. What I've had more than anything else, or at least what's more noticeable, are individual customers who are more of a drain than others. Let me phrase it like that. I think we all know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> and I've only had to do this twice, but I've actually fired customers before. Where it was, um, as much as I would love to continue working with you, as much as I love your money, their needs cannot match what I can offer. It just, it just can't. It's, it's more about being practical with it. You know, like as soon mm -hmm. as the, well, not as soon as, like there's tons of leeway. But as an example, I've had one customer where every time they bought, I was guaranteed three, four hours of helping them to set it up and helping them to figure out what's wrong and, they just weren't at the level to do what they were trying to do, basically, without help. Like, I'm sure you guys remember this from back in the day, but there was a discussion about um, some expression engine customers, and this was a few years ago, but using add-ons as their technical support. They would mm -hmm. buy an add-on and then expect help in every step along the way of their project. So, I mean, the best way to deal with that is just, uh, you know, apologize, thank them, give them a refund, and move out your day. Mm -hmm. But try not to let that bog you down. So do you feel like the bottom line of your decision to port Backup Pro to multiple systems, has it been a good business decision, a profitable one? Um, has it been a good business decision? Certainly. Absolutely. Um, sky's the limit. And when I was just on Expression Engine, it was... I was limited by the amount of users of Expression Engine. In fact, actually, it's worse than that because I was limited by the amount of users on Expression Engine who were open to doing third-party add-ons, mm -hmm. which it turns out is minuscule. I mean, just percentage, maybe two, three. It's tiny, tiny, tiny. Hmm. Whereas now, it's every time... If I ever run out of customers, I'll just create out a new version. If there's a ceiling on Press the Shop and, and WordPress... and In fact, actually, if there's a ceiling on WordPress, yikes. But... With with the others, I'll just move on. I'll I'll create mm -hmm. out a new one, a Drupal one, a Joomla one. It you know I'll just create out new ones. So it does make sense. I mean, especially because as you described, Backup Pro, you could abstract it out so completely so that you're not having to do from scratch development each time. And, and in fact, that's essentially what it is now. And and in fact, I just had a great moment when I was doing the Concrete Five one. Where, you know, because 90% of the, of the code for Backup Pro, it's the same. When you download the craft version, 90% of what's there is included in all of them. But that 10%, it's most of the view scripts and, and the HTML and the layout stuff. And those are always, I, I was just kind of consigning myself that those were always going to be unique. 
But then when I was doing the Concrete 5 version, I discovered to my great surprise that both of them use Bootstrap for their HTML rendering. So I was mm. able to use b- both of those. You know, it, it was just <laughs> like copy-paste and modify it, but I, I was able to save quite a bit of time doing that. Are there any particular CMSs you'd never develop for? Wouldn't uh, port back a Pro to? Well, as it stands today, that'd be Magento. Um, but mm. that's because I failed miserably twice attempting it. And it's, oof, it's just painful. It is a painful CMS to work with. Interesting. And... All these systems that you're mentioning, they, they tend to be PHP-based. Is that going to remain the same for the f- near and far future? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. At, at the very least, where I, I intend on taking it, yeah. In fact, if I was to port it to a different language, it would be 100% different. It, it would, we'd be back to mm. that problem from before of a two separate code bases. Mm-hmm. Except right. way worse, just two separate programming languages, too. Like, I'm, I'm pretty good at Java, but... Man, I, I don't think I'd want to maintain a backup program written in Java. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like if you're going to go in this direction, there are a couple things, and they have everything to do with what the add-on itself does. You know, can it be abstracted out? You know, so that you are maintaining a single code base, so that you know, so that it is a good business decision. So it isn't a huge time suck each time. Oh no, certainly not. It's more of a long game. Or long con, if you will. <laughs> it's certainly not profitable, though. Um, if I was to add up all of my hours, I am dramatically in the hole. Six figures in the hole. This, is, this has been a time suck and a half. But it's also been an investment. So mm-hmm. it hasn't paid off yet, but I am fully confident that it will at some point. Mm-hmm. I just don't know when. But in the meantime, it's making money, it's, it's, and it's growing. That's the encouraging part, is... It's the the revenue I made last month beat what I made the month before beat the month before that, and as long as the, as I keep getting that growth going, it feels worthwhile to keep trying. But when it was just Expression Engine, it was a plateau. In fact, one of the more sad parts and and commiserating with a lot of other developers, it was no matter how much effort I put into it, and no matter how many new features I added, no matter how much. Gr- or how great a particular product was, the growth was never really there. Right. Yeah, it was like a constant battle to just maintain the status quo. Whereas with now, there's a definite potential for growth. Mm-hmm. And that that is huge to me. So in regards to all that potential for growth, one of the things that you know we talk to a lot of CMS and add-on developers about and they have to deal with that's an issue is documentation. How do you maintain different sets of documentation for each CMS? Even though the concept of backing up is the same for all of them, setting them all up must be different. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, realistically though, in fact, how I have it currently set up on my site is th- there's really only two places of differentiation in the documentation based off of what CMS you're using, and that's system requirements and installation. But everything else is identical. Ah. There, there isn't a, a feature in one that you can't do in the other. How it works in Expression Engine is identical 100% to how it works in Craft, is to how it works in PrestaShop. So... The only difference is, you know, if you're installing it for Press to Shop, I need to tell you what version it works in and the steps you have to go through to install it. Mm-hmm, right. But those, those two things, that's the only difference. So on my site, there's area for system requirements, and then each 
platform has its own little subpage. So if you want to see the system requirements for Backup Pro by itself, that's the top level. And then underneath that, there's just children of, here's the WordPress system requirements and here's the expression engine. You know, it just as an outside observer, I do know add-on development, but it just seems to me that you've been methodical and really smart about defining the scope and setting boundaries and approaching this in a way where you know it, it really makes a lot of sense the way you're describing it like you know even down to the documentation it's not this massive beast and it sounds like that's because of the approach you took in building it in the first place I like to think so <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a a trial certainly and and something that like thank god i went through that nightmare project that kind of set me on this path cuz if if i didn't go through that pain it definitely wouldn't have happened and if it did i ugh, i'm worried about what it would have looked like i truly believe that this was the only way that it could have been done and still maintain sanity and still make it a, a one person job if i had staff maybe i would have gone about it differently but the process I have, you're, you're dead on. I mean, everything is so streamlined and so, like, have, have you guys seen the video I put up of my build process for, for Backup Pro? No. no. I'll, I'll send you guys the link, but very, very cool if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially what it does, because Backup Pro, for each version of it, so for, for the Expression Engine version, it's not actually even one code base or two code bases, it's four. So on my computer, I have... For each platform, two different code bases and then the shares too. So there's about a dozen different pieces of code laying around that all collectively make up Backup Pro. So in order to, to build it out, I was stuck with a process of either copying and pasting manually every time I'm going to go ahead and put this together, or I have a build process. And so I put together a really, really cool build process. The build process, it basically it inspects everything, checks out the latest versions from Git, compiles each individual CMS's platform by itself, copies it over into a fresh installation of whatever CMS it goes through, runs through over a thousand unit tests, opens up a web browser using Mink and Selenium, and runs through browser tests, clicking on everything, all of this automatic, all of this programmatic. And without me having to do anything, I just execute a command and then it, I just walk away. Wow. And it takes about 20 minutes to do each one, but it runs through all of these tests. And if it finds anything that's wrong, if something doesn't work right, if it's like I, I have tests that say go to the setting page, like install the add-on and then go to the settings page and make sure it displays up this error. And then go to the setting page and fill out this one field and make sure that this error goes away. And it runs through about a thousand of those. Wow. And then it does the expression engine one, then the craft one, then the presto shop one, and it just all of them, and all told the entire process for all of them takes about two and a half hours because each one takes anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. But it's all automated. I don't have to do much of anything but make my changes, check it in, and then just execute a little shell script. And it just builds it all, all there for me perfect. So I know that when everything is done, that all of my tests have passed and that I have a solid piece of software. So... When I do get, to go back to what we were talking about with the support stuff, when I do get a support thing from a bug or an issue or something, whatever, I'll write a new unit test and make sure that every time that that product gets built, that bug never comes back. So I'm able to, to get a level of stability that I was never able to do before. But ironically enough, now I can. How long did it take you to uh, put together this build process? Oh, gosh, uh, 
about two weeks. Two weeks of that was my life was just building that, but inc- just so worth it. it. I mean, seriously, should have been. In, in fact, I was talking to some clients about letting us build those out for their client sites. Because when we make a change, how great would that be to have it open? Are you guys familiar with with Selenium? No. No. Oh, Google it. It's amazing. It's basically a a headless browser. It'll open up Firefox and just you program it and say, click on this link and do this thing and assert that this doesn't happen or that this did happen. And if anything doesn't go right, if there's something that doesn't match what you said, it lets you know and it tells you where and, you know. So when we push a change to our clients... How great would that be to have all these tests run where we know that what we just did didn't break anything? Right. Nobody's really bought, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely send that video and we'll include it in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. So, you know, before we wrap up, do you have any just general tips for someone who might be considering porting an add-on to another CMS, some of your top, you know, three suggestions before making that investment or when they're making that investment? Ooh, I would say abstraction. Mm-hmm. Abstraction, abstraction, abstraction. You've got to take your requirements and pare it down to the lowest common denominators. Right. What are, and figure out how you're going to get those individual pieces from each individual CMS. That that was a big problem for me. But not so much anymore now that I figured that one out. Patience, certainly you're going to need a lot of patience, especially if you're trying to submit to the marketplaces. Because again, almost nine weeks and I'm still waiting on one of them and eight weeks on on another. So yeah, you've got to have a lot of patience. You've got to play nice. (laughs) You've got to be good to, to, especially the people in the community, because as we discussed, some of them, like they have their favorites. Mm -hmm. It's just bizarre. Like you'll you'll get people who are just really mad at you because you don't like their thing as, like you don't dislike it. You just don't like it as much as they like it. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, abstraction and patience. Oh, and uh, planning. Okay, yeah, that's actually perfect. Abstraction, patience, and planning. Mm. You can never have enough planning with these things. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah, your process just sounds really well thought out and smart and with boundaries to it and some expectation. It just sounds, you know, just fundamentally aside from the fact that you're developing something that's a technical solution, it sounds like your approach has been very business forward and smart in terms of what you know you can handle and what you want to, you know, support down the road and how you want this to you know, be an investment for your business that, you know, gives you that sort of unlimited ceiling of potential to sell. Wow, well said. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. (laughs) Um, I don't want to leave this podcast without asking this particular question because we have so many CMS developers listening to this show. If you could speak to the actual devs of Ellis Lab and Craft and Presta Shop and Concrete 5, as a third-party developer, what should they be doing to their base product that would make it easier for you to do your job? Oh, man, the the big one? Ugh. Please, for the love of God, adhere to best practices. Mm. Like if if there are certain paradigms that are well established, like MVC, you don't have to reinvent your own special idea of it. <laughs> right. You really don't. So please stop doing that. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, the, the other one too, um, security paradigms. And th- this one I'm gonna pick on Presta Shop just a little bit. But they have got the silliest CSRF protection I've ever encountered. It is just heavy-handed and brutal. 
And it's, it works. It's like, I'm not implying that they're insecure, but they invented their whole solution. It's silly. And it just goes completely contrary to what one would expect mm. for that specific problem. It's like changing a tire, but instead of using a jack, we're just going to go ahead and grab a bunch of rocks. Like, it'll work, <laughs> but you sure? Right. Yeah, so uh, consistent paradigms. Good. I think that's, who knows if they're listening, but those are the kind of things that I think if they want to be engaged with their community, they do want feedback like that. Well, I've tried to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like that's a great place to end our show. But before we finish up, we've got our rapid fire 10 questions so our listeners can get to know you a bit better. Excellent. Are you ready? Oh, absolutely. Okay. First question. Morning person or night owl? Oh, night owl. What's one of your guilty pleasures? Ooh. All right. This is going to sound kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) But every... Monday through Friday, religiously, for the past two and a half years, I've drank two ounces of wheatgrass. Is that what you get at Jamba Juice? When that you is post? what I get at Jamba Juice. Because I see you posting at Jamba Juice. I'm like, damn, he must really like juice. <laughs> no, no, no. In fact, I despise it. It is horrifyingly bad. But it's incredibly good for you. I mean, the the it's just it's very, very good for you. But, um, oh, man, is it just nasty. <laughs> What software could you not live without? Oh, uh, Zen Studio. Hmm. My IDE. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to try? Uh, ninja. <laughs> <laughs> what profession would you not like to try? Pirate. <laughs> if you could take us to one restaurant in your town, where would we go? Oh, uh, Fatfish. Seafood restaurant? No. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a Mexican seafood place. Ooh. Yeah, um... In fact, I, I took a Anna Brown there once, Media Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she, she just popped up in San Diego one day, randomly. And we went there, and I've loved it ever since. It's a great place. Fat fish. If you could meet someone famous, living or dead, who would it be? Ooh. I'm going to go with JFK. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Teleportation. You and me both. I'm there with you. Oh, right? Wouldn't that just be perfect? I know, exactly. I can't think of why you'd pick anything else. Seriously. What is your favorite band or musician? Uh, Trivium is my favorite band. All right, last question. Pancakes or waffles? Oh, waffles. Hmm. I feel like I let you down there. I'm not a waffle fan, so I'm just like, huh. <laughs> well, we had someone from Amsterdam a few weeks ago, and she was definitely team waffles, so mm. don't feel bad. All right. Well, there's something, because it's got little cups for your syrup, like naturally. <laughs> I love it. So that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Thank you very much for having me. In case our listeners want to follow up with you, where can they find you online? Uh, I am Mithra62 on Twitter and Mithra62.com and uh, Facebook.com slash Mithra62. Awesome. It was so great to talk to you again, Eric. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Control Click is produced by Bright Umbrella, a web services agency obsessed with happy clients. Today's podcast would not be possible without the support of this episode's sponsor. Thank you, Visual Chefs. We'd also like to thank our partners, Arcus Tech and Devotee. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you want to know more about Control Click, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Control Clickcast or visit our website, controlclickcast.com. And if you like this episode, please give us a review on Stitcher or iTunes or both. 
And if you really like this episode, consider donating to the show. Links are in our show notes and on our site. Don't forget to tune into our next episode. We've rescheduled with Aaron Gustafson, who will be joining us to talk about progressive enhancement and the second edition of his book, Adaptive Web Design. Be sure to check out our schedule on our site, controlclickcast.com slash schedule for more upcoming topics. This is Leah Alcantara and Emily Lewis signing off for Control Clickcast. See you next time. Cheers. <laughs>